With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It is a lovely sunny afternoon, just like I'm sure it is in Argentina. We have secured Alexis McAllister. There is no Nabil Fakir 2.0, which is for some reason what people were talking about yesterday. Um, it's signed, sealed, delivered. He is a red. Before we go to Mike, I'm going to welcome Tom back onto the channel. I believe it's your second time, mate. How are you, bro? How are you feeling about this one? I'm all good, mate. I'm all good. finally happy to get over the line and see the announcements. And they even include the little song for us. Oh, mate, if that song's not been living in your head rent-free for the last 24 hours, I don't know where you've been. But um, I was actually going to play it on here, but I am i wouldn't put it past whoever made it to copyright it, so I decided not Mate, who made it? it? AI made it. I have, <laughs> I, I have my doubts, you know. But that's See, I do as well, because... I, yeah, I have it, my doubts. Really? The, 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 the ways mm. they've used that, I don't... I'm a regular user of ChatGPT for <laughs> university assignments. They've never used that sort of language before. Yeah. Well, mm. well, that's a conversation for another day. But Mike, look, mate, we love McAllister. I'm pretty sure we've, we've, you know, we, we instantly will take him in as one of our own. But how relieved are you, mate, that this until he plays for us is going to be our last time talking about him for, <laughs> for the next <laughs> few weeks, mate? Mate, I'm not gonna lie. Like I, what I joined the pod about or two weeks ago. And I've spent every single minute of my time on here talking about McAllister. Now, listen, it's great because I know him inside out now. If I didn't know him before, I know him now. Uh, yeah. But, but mate, yeah, no, I'm glad. Um, first one in the door, and it's it. I think we all kind of feel it. It feels like a return to form in the market for us. Yeah. I don't really feel like we've shown in the last couple of years. Don't get me wrong, last year we spent money, but even when you know the the lad came in, Nunes, like I like Nunes to be very clear. But uh, I think we all kind of felt like, okay, that's something. None of us, yeah. re- although we were excited, you could feel the hesitancy among the fans. I feel like this time, I don't know, we're all on board, aren't we? Like, he's number 10, he's he's magic, you know, he's fantastic. And, yeah, uh, have, as the song suggests, mate. Um, <laughs> but no, you're spot on. And guys, there's 20, well, there's 30 of you in here now. It's just gone up. So massive thank you to everybody who's tuned in. Please make sure you smash the like button on your way in. Let's get as many likes as we possibly can. And I'll get through your comments now just before we get into things. Footy Boys, Bax says, big up TAT, big up yourself, mate. Stefan Khan says, Mac 10. Uh, probably got to be careful saying that on YouTube, to be fair. You probably get in some sort of trouble. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, big up, mate. Man Like Tom. Hamza says, Vamos. Uh, Holla TAT and Mac Alistair enjoyers. La 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 la. Um, <laughs> any Taram news apart from being linked with him? We'll get onto Taram later on in the stream uh, and Stefan is back and he says in hindsight pulling out of the Jude signing bodes well for our future well we'll see we'll get on to that uh, but first of all Tom I'm going to come to you mate because I again I, we've not really spoken I've heard you in spaces and you've been going on about midfielders like everyone for the longest time now um, when you look at McAllister what for the doors mate you know we've had John Barnes Michael Owen 
Garcia, Cole, Andre Voronin, Coutinho, Mane, Andre Voronin. Yeah, all those guys, mate. And McAllister's the latest player to take that number ten shirt. How does that make you feel, bro? Buzzing. I mean, I've, I've very well documented my distaste for the midfield this season and the level of performances that they've dropped and the, the certain moments from players who I've had a lot of trust in, in the past. And to see someone come in, and like you said, it is a return to form in the market. Thirty-five million for a lad who I reckon, without that release clause, you're paying somewhere close to what they're going to pay for McAllister for um, Caicedo, sorry, for the yeah. for McAllister. They're at the same level. But people won't like to admit it because he's come to Liverpool. But as a stats man, go look at the underlying stats. McAllister is a very, very good all-round little player. So getting him through the door for thirty-five million, fantastic. Proper little. I, I don't think we've had a play like McAllister really at Liverpool under Klopp. I, th- I think this is the one thing that's sticking with me. I don't know. I have a basic idea of where I think he'll play and how I think he'll run, but we've never had this level of goal threat from midfield before. I think that the best goal scorer in the season we've got out of the midfield was Adam Lallana in sixteen seventeen with like seven, and McAllister can hit ten plus easy. Wait, so it'll on, be interesting I'm to see gonna... if we incorporate that. I think I'm right. I don't think Wijnaldum ever got more than that. Right, I'm a pushback. I'm not thinking of I'm, I'm Philip on, Coutinho. Uh, Are we including Felipe Coutinho? As no, 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 Wait. Coutinho, no, that, I, I mean, was... you've got to include Coutinho, haven't you? Because he was a midfielder for us. Don't get me wrong, playing the left sometimes, but... Oh, no. I, I thought Naby had a similar amount last season for some reason. <laughs> Naby played as many games as McAllister scored, mate. I, <laughs> like, it's not... <laughs> You know, um, Naby only got four. I thought I thought he had more than that last season for some reason. But there we last go. Um, I yeah. I thought his best goal scoring season was nineteen twenty. Probably was to be fair. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. I, I I thought. Yeah. I don't know why I thought Naby scored more last season. But um. No, you're right, Tom. And I think we all, you know, we're all just relieved now. And it seems, Mike, and we've spoken about this before, haven't we? Like. The, the same the same news is coming out today that now we've got McAllister in and again we'll touch on this a bit more once we've gone through the, the quotes and looked at some some of the stuff that's come on social media today it seems like we've ticked one off and immediately we are gonna go for the next you know target or two targets so how important is that mate that you know okay we've got this player in fantastic but now we don't stop we keep going in the market yeah, listen. If we end if we ended this you know window now, and we you know the Liverpool fans go, all right, you got one midfielder, it's McAllister. We're not going to be happy with that. Like, I, we're just not going to be because he doesn't. Although he's going to be a fantastic signer, I do think he'll help you know add a lot of energy to midfield. Like Tom said, you know he's he's a goal threat, and not even just a goal threat. Just in the final third, he's you know. I'm not saying I'm saying they're comparable, but the only creative midfielder in the final third we have in terms of the centre in the final third is Curtis Jones. And there's no disrespect to Curtis Jones. That's not disrespect to him. But technically gifted, you know, tens as something that are hard to come by at Liverpool. And they have been for some time. And, you know, Tom hit the nail on the head with that. So, listen, it's good to have him in. Our biggest issue, though, isn't just that. It's it's energy and it's physicality in midfield. And that's why the next signing or two signings in midfield are crucial. Because I, I'm going to be honest, we don't need another McAllister type now. It's good to have one. And don't get me wrong, he can play in a bunch of different areas. And he's, you know, very athletic and very versatile. But we now need someone in the the mould of Fabinho when he came in, in that sense of someone who can read the game very well, cover ground very well, clean up in the areas and just sort of bring some levity to the midfield. And then we need another engine. We need a Genie Wijnaldum type. 
I only use this because it's just easy for Liverpool fans to relate to instead of me going into deep, deep detail of like what you need specifically. But you need a genie type in someone like when genie first came in. So hopefully we see that. Obviously, Taram and Kone. You know, I'd love yep. to know Tom's thoughts on Taram and Kone in a minute, but there's a little smirk on his face straight away. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, no, exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll get yeah. on to those. Yeah. Um, guys, just before we do get on to some of the stuff from social media, there is 30 still in here. We only have 14 likes, so at least half of you aren't liking it. Please smash the like button. Um, you know, this is free content. Yeah, another stream on McAllister. So what else is there not to like? Um, so let's get on with it, guys. Let's have a look at the social media stuff. I'm just going to share my screen. If you're listening on Spotify, get off that. Come over and watch us on YouTube. Um, where am I looking? Here we go. So this was announced at... What time was it? Uh, 11 a.m. I was at work. I was, you know, in between talking to customers and updating spreadsheets. But I was just like, nah, as soon as this happened, I was like, forget all that. I'm I'm soaking it in because, right, there's been, like like Tom said, we were speaking off here. You know, we haven't signed a midfielder, at least one like this, in a long, long time. And for us to just finally get this one over the line, you know, the heartbreak of missing out on a certain midfielder, um, all the problems we saw in midfield last season to finally have this man come through the door, World Cup winner who has turned down other clubs to come and play for our club. To me, he's, he's already like one of us because he's done that. And um, we'll get into some quotes, but I'm just going to ask these guys, Tom, where was you, mate, when this broke? And uh, how did you react when you finally seen it, mate? I was in the middle of doing a, of writing up my first article of the day in my job. And yeah. I had to put that on hold whilst I prepared one for this because that one finally got done and it was one of them just a it was a sigh of relief moment because although I knew it wasn't gonna be a Nabi of Fakir, I just wanted yep. to announce it so all the hysteria could shut up. And in reality it just means the hysteria is gonna move from McAllister to Conan to Ram for the next week until one of them signs. No oh, absolutely mate and Mike what was you doing mate? I assume he's working at home and you seen this? Yeah, just in a very, very small chance, someone that you know employs me is listening to this. You know, I was working very hard. Uh, you know, just you know, definitely was <laughs> outside. You know, glued to the screen, really, just really engrossed in my work. If uh, anyone asks, but uh, that's why didn't I didn't even see it. This is the first time you've seen it. You just got off work. This is the first time you've seen it. Yeah. I, I ran, ran upstairs. Yeah, breaking <laughs> news. Right, I'm only hearing about this now. I ran upstairs. Apparently, we signed someone called Alexis McAllister, and yeah, I'll look into that yeah. later. Um, <laughs> no, mate. Um, Here we go. Be fair, mate. Unreal. Absolutely unreal. And yeah. I, Everyone can worry about Napi or Fakir. It's just a bit of, lun- bit of lunacy, isn't it, really? Because McAllister doesn't have an injury track record. We all knew uh, Nabil Fakir had... Don't do that, Ben. <laughs> uh, listen, you know what I mean? Nabil Fakir had two dodgy knees. Like, and when, even when he was doing his medical, we were all like, this is going to be a struggle. And we were all aware of that at the time. So, no, nah, I was never never worried about that in the slightest. But, mate, glad he's through the door. And, uh, yeah, exciting times, mate. Very exciting times. Exactly, mate. And uh, we're going to look at some of his quotes um, from his first interview. And he says here, I wanted to be in from the first day of pre-season. So it's, it's good that everything is done and I'm looking forward to meeting my teammates. And again, we've said this numerous times, haven't we, that for this season, especially because there is a rebuild, Tom, getting everyone in for that first day of pre-season. Now, I think, you know, the very first day, I think I remember Klopp saying might be a bit hard to get everyone in because people are off doing different things for their countries and whatever. But at least for the first like proper day where they start to like ramp up preparations for the season, we are going to have everybody in, aren't we? And especially our new players. So how crucial is that, mate, for the, the new campaign? 
I think it's incredibly important. I don't just think it's you know important from a football perspective. Got to remember these lot of people at the end of the day, and with McAllister, it's probably a little bit less so because he's lived in the country. But uh, I think some of the issues we might have had last year with Nunes were we brought we brought him into a new country, he's still a young lad, and before he could even have a chance to get settled in with his family, he was straight off on tour to Singapore and. Thailand and he didn't really get any time in the city so I'm hoping now that we can get these transfers done and they've got if we get them done by I think it is like the 15th or something they've got an entire month within the city then to get set that settle down get the roots in figure out you know get, get a little bit comfortable understand everything and I think that goes a long way because us, us scousers we um we're very welcoming people so if they if they get in the city, if they get involved, if they want to try and have a look around, they'll be loved already. They'll be loved already, and I think it's the, I think it's one of the most important things, which is why I'm completely on board with it. You know, these transfers getting done early, and even if it comes at the sacrifice of a little bit of excitement at the end of the transfer window, when you've got some late deadline day moves, and I'm sat sitting there going, "What youngster are we going to loan out today?" Yeah. No, exactly, mate. Exactly. We don't want a deadline day to come thinking, oh, what midfield are we going to get? Oh, Arthur Mello. We don't want those uh, deadlines again, mate. Definitely not. Um, yeah, Mike, there's another quote here, mate. We call us to say, since I arrived here, I can see how big this club is and the players we have, the staff, everyone. I'm really pleased and looking forward to playing for this club. Um, so instantly, mate, he's come in and he's just been, you know, sort of mesmerised by the facilities and how big the club is. And, you know... These are the kind of signings we want, aren't they? Players that come into this club and, you know, they're like, wow, this is Liverpool Football Club. Like, okay, you're Mbappes and players like that. Obviously, like, you know, we'd, we'd love to get those guys. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like, and I'd love to get your opinion, a player like him that has come from such, like, sort of humble beginnings and like Mbappe probably has as well. But, you know, this guy, all he's known is respectfully to Brighton. Brighton, Boca Juniors, who are a massive club, by the way, and a couple more in Argentina. So now he's here for us. He's taking that next big step. Um, do you just think that sort of might mean more to these players when they come and play for us? Well, I, th- I think you've got to be, obviously, I, I, as you were there, you've got to be careful how you were. You know, I think, you know, and any player playing for a club that's got a good amount of history that they would have grown up seeing in finals, you know, it's always going to mean a lot to them. Um, and, you know, I think to an extent, most players will come from humble beginnings. And I know I know what you meant when you said it. Like, I know what you meant when you said it. But I think what you meant more so is in football and career-wise. Mbappe burst on scene yeah. at 17-18. He was already considered the next thing. Whereas McAllister has had more of a, you know, a slower development. In, not slower development, but more of a, a quieter development where not, not, not many people were talking about him until the last six to eight months, you know? Even last season, people would people that spoke about him weren't speaking about him as highly as they are now. It was the World Cup that really blew up um, his profile, um, rightfully so. Um, I will say when I see quotes like this, when it's like, yeah, since I arrived here, da-da-da, I'd, I'd never buy it because, like, don't get me wrong, we're at, I, I know how big we are as a club, but it's, it's a PR statement. I've seen a million of these. You know what I mean? Sure. I remember Coutinho signing a contract, and he contract one of con- a con- contract. He was like, "Yeah, I'll never leave here. <laughs> Love this club. I, <laughs> no, I bleed red." He was like, "Well, six months later, he was trying to uh, bleed uh, Spanish blood." You know what I mean? So, um, I never really buy into this. I do buy into the one one quote he did say, which I'm sure will come up in a minute about trophies. And you know, obviously, Alev, we talk about that. We talk about that because I believe that he's a hungry player. That's what came across in the interview most to me. Whether he, you know, he's he's here for the the club or. I, you know, I'm, I'm quite a pessimistic human being, so maybe I won't say my point, but you know, it'll it'll, it'll come the show. 
Um, it'll come to show in performances in, in tough games. It'll come to show long term when things you know maybe don't go perfectly at times. But he's a leader and he's hungry, and that's what's exciting. Excites me most about him. And his message, mate. So what more could you want, mate? You know what I mean? Like any yeah, mate of Lionel Messi is, is a mate of ours. So, um, Tom. Talk to me about this quote, mate. When I seen this, I was like, oh, my Lord. Um, he's saying that his memories at Anfield so far have been good, but he hopes that the, the better ones are to come. We actually might be able to beat Brighton now, right? I mean, they've got James Milner now, so who knows? Yeah. No, no, look, he'll run it back like it's 2011. I found, I found it quite funny when I read it. Yeah. Good, good little <laughs> bit of humour. and so, so, sums up our issues with Brighton in recent years because... The good memories they have are bloody Leandro Trossard. Honest to God. The hat-trick from him last season. Mm-hmm. The year before, the 70th minute equaliser. Enoch and Wepu whipping in a cross that turned into a wonderful goal oh, because Allison couldn't see in the sun after we were 2-0 up inside 20 minutes. It, it just who went off, Tom, to change? The... Who went off when the... we were coasting at 2-0, mate? Just remind I, me. I, I, I think it was that um, injury prone play that we had that night. Yeah, and like... then we just completely folded as soon as he went off. To be fair, we did score it. a third. We did technically score a third. True. It was just Sadio Mane decided to punch it into the goal rather than hit that it with any true. other part of his body. Yeah. But fingers crossed, the, me- the, the memories can't be worse. If the memories are worse, then we're in real, real trouble, aren't we? We're in real <laughs> yeah, trouble. Exactly. Uh, Stefan says Andy Naylor must be fuming. I mean, one of our admins has invited him for a pint of Guinness if they get to the Europa League final. So, um, you know, he, he should take up that offer, to be fair. Well, will Alexis McAllister be playing against us that day because there hasn't been an official approach? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, right, hear me out. If we could somehow get him on this pod, right? No I'm just saying, I'm just saying, nah, nah, listen. It'll be funny. We could ask him about the transfer news. We could ask him, you know, whether whether McAllister could join. You know, three years in, I'm not even saying inviting this season, <laughs> three years down the line. So, like, so no contact. yeah, listen, we're, we're linked with Alexis, you know, you know, do you think it'll happen? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's worth it. I think it's worth inviting them on. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> Mike, yeah. you said you wanted to talk about trophies. I know there's a quote coming up. There absolutely is. And I retweet this one on my own account. Um, when you are in a big club like this one, you have to win trophies. And he goes on to speak about the Champions League and people were like, oh, but you're not in the Champions League. I think that was his point, sort of. Like, he wants to win yeah. trophies and he knows that this club has to be back in the Champions League. And, you know, when a player comes into a club and immediately they say they, they win trophies, and I, I know that you you said earlier there was a bit of a PR stunt for one thing he said. He also said this one, I'm sure this team will do absolutely everything to win trophies. You know, do you, how, like... How do you see this panning out? Do you think this guy's just going to come in and make make a, a starting position in the eleven his own and just immediately help us win trophies? Or listen, I think he'll improve the starting eleven. Like that's yeah. the whole point of this sign. And you know, it's, it's he's not someone to embed in in the same way maybe we'd embed a Nunes, a Robertson, a Fabinho. He is he's someone who just goes straight in the starting eleven. I don't even think it's a, a second thought. You know, Tom alluded to thinking about where he could potentially play. And I've said it on this on this pod before. I, I think he takes where Henderson is is exactly where I think McAllister will be. And I think on the left side is where you're likely to see Taram. And I think in the six is where you'd see Kone. Because that's all their natural positions. So that's that's what I see happening. I think the formation we play currently suits him down to an absolute T as well. So 
yeah, no, we'll go straight in. And I got to admit, I love this quote. And I love this when he talks about this because it's a hunger and desire that I like when a player wears it on their sleeve. And, um, you know, the guest we had on last time, you know, mentioned the fact that he's apparently a leader in the dressing room with the fact we are losing Milner, you know, live him or hate him or feel however you feel towards him. Milner was the biggest leader at the football club. And I, I stand in that. Like, I really stand in that. Um, and I know a lot. Of, I know some Liverpool fans have said that too. You know, bite back at me and go, "Yeah, well, he's also seventy. But like at the end of the day, you know, he's, you you lose a massive voice in Milner, and it's important to try and replace him. And I'll play a step up. Now, Trent will step up on that respect. I really do think that. I think Salah will as well. Um, but having McAllister in there won't harm. I do think he'll be very vocal. And like alluded to by a comment as well, like he's going to be able to translate for Nunes. Yeah, he's going to exactly. be able to talk to Nunes. Huge, yeah. 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 So huge. Um, smash the likes, guys. Before we continue, we are currently on 18. Um, there's 30 of you in there. So whichever 12 of you haven't done it, please just... It takes two seconds, all right? If you don't do it, you know... Actually, I'm not going to say that. Um, Tom, do you agree with that, mate? Uh, in terms of, you know, him coming in, saying that we're going to win trophies. like He just gets it, doesn't he, mate? Straight away. Oh, yeah, 100%. The only part of what Mike said that I, I don't necessarily agree with is where you can play, because I think he's a left centre mid. I think he goes off the left, and I think we try and put a Taram or a Kone on the right. Because when I watch McAllister, I see a player who likes to do everything off the left. So he's right-footed, but he's worked so much better drifting in from the left. I mean, he played as the le- wide left player for Argentina in the World Cup when he was brilliant in that tournament. Even for um, Brighton this season when he's played in the double pivot alongside Caicedo, he's been on the left. I think his play style just naturally suits that side. Whereas I think yeah. the other side, you've got Trent, who's going to be trying to attack more. I think that side is where I want the centre mid, who maybe isn't as big of a final third threat, mm. but is able to get back a little bit quicker, you know, carry the ball a little bit further, better. I think I just have McAllister over on the other side, where provided that, you know, the system stays as it is, he can be the most attack-minded of the trio. Yeah, no, I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, I see where you're coming from completely. To be fair, and like you, you're not wrong, um, in what you're saying. It's about his positional, uh, positional, uh, what position, positional, position, position. Got a stutter out of nowhere. <laughs> you pressed me. I've, I've got a stutter now. Uh, no, uh, but I think like in transition. So if you look at Argentina in transition, so defensively he was on the left, but in transition he was very much central for the most part. So, although, although I agree, I can see him on the left side, maybe where Curtis Jones was. I would be surprised mainly because if let's say we go for Taram specifically, you know, this the player that we're thinking, I don't think he 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 plays the right side at all. Like I really, I've, especially the way we normally play, like I, I don't see it. He's very Gini Ronaldo-esque in the way he is as a footballer. He's phenomenal at progressing the ball, very press resistant, very physically present. I'm talking about Taram, Taram here. And that usually is who we throw on the left side. Like just to just, if I'm really just thinking about how we play, but I mean, if he's played on the left... Fair enough. Yeah, it doesn't really affect you. It doesn't affect me as long as you win the fucking game. But <laughs> like, sorry for the swearing. But uh, so I, I don't know. Do you, do you think Taram on the right? Really? Yeah. I, I think what I'm what I look at with this system. I have a fancy in my head for how I would set it up, and it would okay. be pro. It'd be proper like old school Dutch football in the sense that Total when football. you look at Trent, yeah, when you look at Trent, yeah. I look at him and I go, imagine if you're able to bring in Taram and Kone, and like you said, in attack. The Kelsey's going to go to the tip of a diamond. Yeah. You've got Kone and Taram either side, but Trent's That's what I, yeah. behind. Mm. It's just complete creator. Doesn't have to worry about, you know, 
covering the yards, just get him doing his passing. I don't think that'll happen because I don't know how sustainable it is nowadays. So if we're going for this like three box three thing that we do, I think I'm focused on getting my best players in their pit in their correct roles. And I think McAllister's better than Taram. So I'm happy to put McAllister there and let Taram, who I think has the capabilities to mould into a good right centre mid out there and let him learn and let him adapt. Because I, th- I think that's what we're going to have to do. Because the- buying a right sense mid for what we need is very tough. There's very few out there that are actually capable of doing it yeah. to the level we yeah. want. Well, you talk about the level we want. I mean, I-, I don't need to know your opinion on Jordan Anderson because, you know, I'd- quite frankly, I-, I no longer care about people's opinion on Jordan Anderson because I, I feel like I'm a lunatic when I talk about him. Uh, but, like, <laughs> listen, you're looking for someone who, who if you think of the, the Henderson role, right? So you're thinking, or I say that just as, again, just to be easy about it, because you know what I mean when I say that. High, you know, high energy, able to cover position, more focused on defensive than final third, not final, th- not a final third presence. Is that what you're talking about moulding Taram into? I'm talking about moulding Taram into effectively, and this is going to sound a little bit weird. Go on. What Reese James does at Chelsea, but slightly more centrally. Can you explain so, that more? So Trent... I, I look at us, we're in this system, you're going to dominate the ball more. We're yep. going to be holding 70% possession pretty much regularly, apart from like a City and yep. Arsenal. Maybe. Arsenal yeah. So I don't necessarily need to worry about the defensive shape per se as much. I can trust my back three to hold that whilst players are getting back. So when I, I'm looking at purely from an attacking standpoint, Kevin Taram is one of the best ball progressors and ball carriers best young ones in the world. He sits in like the top 4% for it. Mm-hmm. And his tackling numbers aren't as good as Kone. If, to be honest, Kone is the ideal one, but his defensive uh, yeah. numbers are ridiculous. You have to have yeah. him sitting a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. So when I look at Taram, I look at a physical presence, six four. No, no other midfielder realistically can compete with that in terms yeah. of pure physicality. So I'd want him getting up and down that right-hand side. He's got some good technical ability, up and down that right-hand side. And just his presence alone... I feel draw attention away from Trent a little bit. I don't need yep. Trent to be open. I don't need him to be miles up because he's too good of a footballer to be left open. But I just mm. need a defender or a midfielder or whoever's trying to mark Trent to give him half a yard. Just give him half yep. a yard where he panics and goes to cover to Ram. All of a sudden, Trent can do so much damage with that half yard. Mm. We might waste Taram a little bit in that sense because he's not on the ball as much. He's doing a lot more facilitating, but mm. that's what some players Regini. have to do when you've got a player like Trent in your team. Yeah, Ben is a good player. Like... Take the ball off him, hundred percent. Yeah, I, like, I fully see. Game. I fully see what you're saying. Uh, sorry, Ben, go on. No, I'm just saying like we we had to take take a lot away from Genie's game when we signed him, and he was so pivotal to what we did. Like he was a mm. winger slash number ten, and we basically told him when when we had him, you stay at the halfway line kind of thing. So. Um, we we have taken bits and pieces out of people's games before, and it's it's not necessarily been a bad thing. But I think I've always been an advocate, especially since we've changed a couple things. Like I'm not the most tactical person in the world, so I I don't understand formations and stuff as well as some people. But what I do know, and what I think everybody would be able to see and point out straight away, is the lack of cover for Trent. Um, and when we were the most successful, we were. That was always because and Henderson, no matter what you think of him. Now, fine, but what he did used to do and what he was brilliant at was slotting in for him. And without that, you know, how can we expect Trent to go and get 15 assists a season and defend at the same time? And I feel sorry for Trent this season because, yes, is he 
immune from criticism. Of course he isn't. He, he is the same standard of everybody else. However, when I do look at how we've played and how we've set up and I've just seen nobody covering for him when he has bombed forward, I can only blame him so much. And I just hope that whoever it is at right centre mid, whether it is McAllister, whether it is Taram, I do believe that McAllister is more of a, a light flight for Thiago in that sense. So I do agree with the left-sided thing. Um, but whoever it is at right centre mid, whether it's Taram, whether it's Kone, whether it's even like a Gravenberch or something, because those guys have all been linked as well. They've just got to do that for me. You know, they don't have to do anything spectacular. They don't have to look amazing on the on the eye. Just help out the boys when they're going forward, because Salah, we know where he's going to be. We know where Trent likes to be when he's got the ball. And mm. that's the most important part for me. Left side, fine, do whatever. Be techy, do expressive things on the ball, brilliant. But that right side for me is literally all about covering Trent, and that's it. I don't need anything else more than that. That right side just needs to be, and I say it all the time, we need to sit down over we buy and go, when we have the ball and you don't have it at your feet, watch Mark Albright right, and what he used to do for Leicester. You know how he stands on the touchline? Get as tight that touchline as you can, so then I don't have to watch a three-time Premier League golden boot winner try and cross the ball. And... Get Salah in the middle, have the centre mid go out wide, facilitate yeah. again, and it'll all click into gear. The left side's a lot more difficult because you don't have someone as good as Salah on, on that side. You don't have someone yeah. with the same skill set, so you need whoever is behind that left winger to carry a little bit more of a threat. But with, with that right centre mid spot, I almost feel sorry for them in a sense because like they're never going to be as good as Trent or Salah. Yeah. So you've just got to sit there and accept your third best. Well, that's, just that's interesting though. So you, you 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 talk about you know accepting your third best and like sacrificing yourself on the right hand side. Let's let's say it's Taram, you know. Let I'll just we'll just run with that just for the sake of the argument. I do think that there's how would I word it? There's an opportunity there because if a midfielder comes in that is able to provide the cover, the space for Trent, make those runs to create space for Salah as well. Like whoever's on the right hand side just has to has to have the most ridiculous stamina and work rate possible to make it work. Which this is, you know what I mean? We're absolutely going to be abs- we're going to be outworking someone, and this is this is why we need a big squad in in midfield. Yeah, it would. Be- I don't think this time round would be an uns- unsung hero role as I do genuinely believe Genie and Henderson were for quite some time. Because the moment Genie went, I think it was very apparent. Um, I do think we'd all recognise the benefit because we've dealt with what we've dealt with this last season. We've seen what happens when you don't have it, so now they're yeah, going to get exactly. lost even more. Exactly, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, so, yeah, for, I don't know, man. I feel like, plus Kone, I mean, listen, you talk about Kone. I think if you have Kone in there and Taram and McAllister as a three, make stop it. Like, mate, Let me dream. Like The energy around that, Trent would have all the space in the world. And the if he didn't have depth, space, you could have as well. On the, I know we've got Europa League next year, and I, I'm I actually quite looking forward to it. Really. I think we should win it. Mm. So when I look at that, we're going to need a big squad. And I look at the midfield, that this is the first time in years that we get them both in. Yeah. Big disclaimer. We've mm. got some real good midfield depth. You've got Kone, McAllister, Taram. Then beyond that, Thiago, who you can actually play as Thiago is supposed to be played and not yeah. wheel them out for Norwich City at home. Yeah. Fabinho, who might return back to the form that we know he can do when he's not having to play all 50 games in a season. Curtis yeah. Jones, who's finding his feet now in this system, yeah. in this role, really starting to see the best out of his skill set. Mm-hmm. Stefan Bajetic, it was fantastic before mm-hmm. his injury. And Harvey Elliott is an emergency ninth choice or eighth choice or whatever it is. Oh, I think you, you're crawling Harvey there. 
I think you're very come on now. Really? Is that how you feel about Harvey? I, I think Harvey's position is better. Have him on the Yes, I have. I had to with her. You know what? As well, if he gets number seven, do you, I don't think he's my, not my, my, look, my look last year has been awful. If he ends up getting number seven, my Fabio Carvalho shirt will be pointless once he goes out on loan, and my Harvey Elliott shirt will be pointless because he's got a new number. Why would Harvey no Elliott chance. get so respectfully? By the way, respectfully, because I am actually about defending. But why would Harvey Elliott get number seven? There's no chance he gets number. There's no seven. chance he gets number seven. Let's you know get I mean? um. Let's get back into this. I just want to touch on some quotes from Klopp. Just before we move on to future targets. Um, so, upon completion of the deal, Klopp told Liverpool.com, we are adding a very talented, very smart, very technically skilled boy to our squad. And this is super news. It really is. I do not think the football world needs me to say too much about Alexis's qualities because they're already pretty well known. But it is clear that he is someone who can play in a number of positions in midfield and is an all-rounder, I would say. He is calm, composed, and someone with proper game intelligence. Mike, it seems like Jürgen's a big, big fan of him. And do you think maybe when he saw McAllister play against us, you know, in maybe in the cup or the games that Tom was alluding to, do you think he actually saw him then and thought, yeah, this is this is a guy that could come in here and make a real big difference? Or do you think it's just a sign of he's told people who he wants and they've sort of made a short list and, oh, Alexis McAllister's on there? Listen, our scouting department will obviously have done a lot of work on him. I don't think Klopp's just seen him in one game, got gone in the doors and gone, all right, get me in. Um, but I I do think if you look at his performance when Brighton beat us 3-0, <laughs> he was the best. Him, him and Caicedo, obviously, but they McAllister was head and shoulders above our entire midfield that day. And he drifted yeah. drifted through our midfield like on several occasions with ease. Um, I'm sure the score on the winner against United was also probably a big help as well, and just pushing any decision over the line. But listener, yeah. uh, <laughs> no, listen, I, I think we've had him on our radar for a while. You, you always see it. it's a running joke, isn't it? With us, like, yeah, we've been watching this lad since 2015, yeah, uh, when, when he was literally when he was in his dad's not sack, we were watching him, keeping out, had an eye on him. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Oh yeah, the, the, my favourite one was always um, we were watching Canati when he was in the French fourth division. I didn't even realise it was a French fourth division. No, <laughs> apparently, we were watching him back then. Yeah, we were watching him in school. Yeah, he was studying hard and we thought, I like his dedication to history. I can see how he'd slide in. Uh, just, yeah, it's ridiculous. But no, I think you you slide right in, to be honest. Yeah, not an issue. Yeah. And Tom, you know, Klopp's always said for the last two seasons when he's been asked about a midfielder week in, week out by journalists. Um, and he's always said, we'll wait for the right one. And when the right one's available, we'll go and buy it. So by that logic, he's saying that this is the right one, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He is, and it's time for Alexis to live up to that show of faith. I've got all I've got all the trust that he can do, but it's a big show of faith from the club, and it's a big show of faith from the club. Good deal, I'm sure that helped. But you know, th- there was there's a lot riding on this because of the whole Bellingham stuff. Whoever comes in is going to have a lot more pressure on them. But this is a lad who's got an assist in a World Cup final. The man knows pressure. The man's dealt with pressure before. I've got all the faith in the world that he'll succeed. I just can't. I now want to get the other two in first, and then get to preseason because I really want to see how we're going to set up. I think that's the most intriguing thing for me now because there's so many question marks about whether we're going to go back, go back to four three three, stick with the system. Who's going to be the starters? Are we going to have any different roles? It's for the first time. I'm actually excited for a little preseason in a long time. I'm sure that'll go out the window when we lose the first one, and I decide <laughs> just get the season start stuff with. I don't need to watch any more preseason friendlies, but. For oh, now, mate, the preseason meltdowns are always hilarious. I mean, last season, to be fair, 
that was probably the first time where you've seen, you know, the same problems we've seen going into the it's season. It's like a cycle, but... isn't it? It's like a cycle. Yeah. Most of the time, gets excited like, for preseason. They get excited for the first game. We don't play that well in the first game. The preseason's yeah. gone to part. We're crap. We're not going to do anything. Then you get the same tweets of, "Well, Liverpool won the league. <laughs> they didn't win any preseason games." Then the hype starts up again. We have another poor performance. It's just like one long cycle, which has an occasional break when we win a game, and we're like, "Ah, oh, give us the league title now." Where's the Champions League? It's like um, last preseason, Nunes was terrible in one of the games, and then. Did he score like a hat trick in the game after? He got four against Leipzig and one half. And we were all sitting there going, oh. What a player. Yeah. What a player. He is, a, I, he is a great player, actually. No, to be honest, I remember you're talking about Nuno, you talk about preseason and all that. I remember when he scored against Fulham. Uh, I vividly remember this. And I don't think, I wish I knew the guys at, and I hope he watches this at some point. I seen a tweet from like a somewhat large LFC account. And he was like, I'll put my money on it now. Nunes is going to score more than Haaland this season. Oh. And uh, I'm not going to lie, mate. I looked at that tweet and I, it was awful at the time. So I looked at it and I was like, it'll be close. No, I, I, listen, I was delusional. I was delusional. Yeah, it wasn't even like, that one, Mike. It wasn't even that one. Do you know what it was for me? It was it was the Community Shield game when he scored and Haaland missed the opening goal. And he's like, Diana sitting there going, oh, he can't handle the English game. He can't handle the pressure. <laughs> oh, he could handle the pressure, couldn't he? Oh, oh at, least, at least we can all admit. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, let's get on to more signings then, guys. This is what everyone wants to know. We've spoke about McAllister. Like I say, we're all absolutely buzzing that he's in in the doors, and I'm sure the um, signing vlog is going up imminently. Probably be tomorrow, to be fair. But um, yeah, let's talk about what's coming next. Um, so Paul Joyce, the man, the myth, the legend within our uh, fan base, says that we are showing interest in Catherine Taram, Manu Kone, Romeo Lavia. And Ryan Gravenberch. Um, mm. Tom, these are players that now we've we've heard these names for a long time now, especially Gravenberch. We've heard his name pretty much for months on end. Lavia, a few weeks now too. But it seems like, um, if I just jump the gun a bit and go to this one, Fabricio has said that Liverpool have scheduled round of talks with Manu Kone and Kefram Turan's agents. No bid submitted yet, but both players remain on the list. Talk to me about that, mate. Um, I have a dream. I have a dream for Liverpool, which is Martin Luther King. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> you got. I want three. I I, I want. Four, I reckon three more. I want three more. I want Taram, Kone, and Lavia, and then you don't need to touch the midfield. Then for we can do what we normally do, which is just leave the midfield for five years and then touch, touch it again later <laughs> oh, down the line. That's too many, though, no? But then I sit there and look at it going, Thiago is gone next year. I don't think we're going to give him a new contract. Yeah, agreed. I don't know how much longer Fabinho is going to be a regular Obviously, starter. Yeah. And then when, once he's not a regular starter, then how long is he going to be happy here? So I reckon you've got two to three more years of Fabinho. I would rather you get them all in now. You get them all in now. They can lane off some of the best in Thiago, in Fabinho, Laying the roles of players who've been there, done it. Then when they go, you've got a ready-made replacement stepping in, rather than what we what we've done in the past, which is we sell. Like I'm just going to use Nunes as an example, even though I, I like him. We got rid of Mane, who had done seven years in the system, knew how to play it down to a T, and bringing the player who had no idea what the language was, let alone what the system is, and he needed some bedding in time. I think you can negate that bedding in time if you just bring them in now. And yes, it'll probably come at the cost of a centre back, which. Is that a risk I'm willing to take? 
Jordy's still out on that one. Jordy is still out on that one. It depends on preseason, but I would just love. I think if you get Kone, Taram, McAllister, and Lavia together, that is one hell of a midfield that can do everything. That can do everything, and you can free up mm. Kone to do his best position as well. Right, so I'm ru- I'll run with him. Right, I'm going to run with Tom for a minute, and then unfortunately I'll come back to reality. But I'll run with Tom, right? Because <laughs> I know because I love that idea, and to be honest, it's it's almost viable in my head that we could do that and sign a centre back. But to do that, we would have to we'd have to sell one of the midfielders, and we'd have to loan one. Right. I think to do that, we actually have to sell Fabinho, and we'd have to loan Harvey Elliott. Now I'm sure when I say loan Harvey Elliott, Tom gets really excited. And he's like, "Yeah, get get him out." No, uh, no, I'm gonna keep Harvey. <laughs> I, I, I yeah. want Harvey to play back up right wing minutes next year. I am I painting a narrative, to Tom. I'm painting a narrative. I want the world to think that you hate Harvey Elliott. All right, <laughs> called painting a narrative. Uh, <laughs> Smash the likes, by the way, guys. Smash the likes. Um, <laughs> I love that. I'm just like, yeah, I'm like completely lying on Tom's name, but just, uh, make sure you like. To be honest, make, yeah, sure, make you sure you do like. like guys, great content. Um, this is, you know. But uh, no, I tell, I tell you now, genuinely, Tom. So running with that idea, I think I would like to see either Curtis Jones or Harvey Elliott loaned to a Prem club, right? I genuinely would love that. I'd also, if we do sign all them, I'd be fine with Stefan getting loaned to a Prem club as well. Like Stefan goes to Luton for a year, love that. Go on, go, go, just snap Arsenal players left, right, and center. Love that, right? <laughs> By the way, if anyone doesn't know, the league's rigged and Arsenal are getting Luton away first game of the season. 100%. I'm convinced, right? It'll be a big team away at Luton. Um, but yeah, listen, I'd love us if we were to do that, but we'd have to sell Fabinho. I could see us doing it, but we'd have to sell Fab and I could see that happening. But it's you're asking a lot. You're asking a lot. And also, how much? We, who's going to go for Fab at the moment? Uh, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, they've got money, haven't they? They've got yeah, money. Yeah, they have. Yeah, go on. Bloody hell, hundred mil wages, but um, yeah, it's it's one of them. I I could see it happening. I wish it happened. I don't I don't really see it happening. If you know what I mean. And but of the list that were put was put forward, to be fair, like I take any two. I would I take any two of them. Any combination, they'd all improve us. Lafayette's underrated by our fan base with some of the tweets I, I see. Our, our fan base talk about him like he's just like this dirt on the sidewalk and like. Oh, Do you know mate. why it is, Mike? I'll tell you exactly why it is because they don't actually sit down and watch Southampton. The one minute they did, he got an assist for us. Ninety percent of football fans on Twitter don't watch football. Yeah, but it was from that moment people, you know, start going on about this nineteen-year-old kid and how he's a fraud and it's all hype. And yes. hang on a minute, the lads been long, really all season. His tackle yeah. on Firmino completely started the move for the second goal and that's what we've been crying out for all season yeah, long exactly yeah and I remember a game that stood out for me and I mean I've watched Southampton a couple of times this season mainly just because when they they've been live a lot it's not like I've been going out my way just because they've yeah, been exactly. on TV a lot because no, they've no been in the relegation idea. battle right mm. I just watch football on the weekend because I'm boring uh, and I remember the Arsenal game when, when they went 3-1 up against Arsenal for 70 minutes best player on the pitch pretty sure it was the Arsenal game I was watching yeah best player on the too. pitch yeah yeah, uh, it might have ended 3 3. Uh, but we don't talk about that. But, like, on the ball, he's phenomenal. And you can see that he's came from City. I know that sounds mad because he probably wasn't even there that long. But there's a certain quality about him where it's like, okay, so you've not just like come up the leagues. Like, you've been training at a high level. There's a reason you were talked to a high level. And I think we'd be silly not to go in for him in a way because City have got a 40 million buyback clause that comes active. Mm. Hey, get ahead of that. Do, do you know what I think it was? I remember because I remember it was the third game of the season, I think, when he played mm. Chelsea, and it was the game he scored. And but I, I, I had an idea in my head of what Lavia was. I, I sat there, I knew he was a nineteen-year-old kid who came from City's academy. I, I was sitting there going, 
Southampton are practically begging to be relegated here. They've just brought in all these kids, you know, it's not going to yeah. work. And then Romeo Lavia ran the game against Chelsea. Like, I've not seen many 19-year-olds doing the Premier League. And I know Chelsea aren't very good. So we'll take that, you know, with the disclaimer of Chelsea are Chelsea. But he ran that game from start to finish. And watching, I have so much love for what Fabinho's done for this club. Yeah. But I am I am able to separate what they've done and what they are now. And exactly. when I look at Fabinho now, I see a player who isn't what he was. And I don't, I, from a selfish fan perspective, I don't want to remember Fabinho as someone who stuck around too long and ended up yeah. tarnishing what he had. Because he, he remains the highest level DM I've ever seen play for this football club. Highest level in terms of a pure natural destroyer. Watching him now, you can just see a yard off the pace. I'd love to see us get Lavia in, get him a little bit of mentoring from Fabinho, who can help him in the weak parts of his game. Because Fabinho can't teach Lavia how to pass a ball or dictate tempo, but he can teach him how to read the game. Mm-hmm. And you can get the best of both worlds if you're just able to get a year of mentor. And even then, if push came to shove and we couldn't get a centre-back because we bought four midfielders... I remember Fabinho was all right at centre back in like twenty twenty one. You're asking for a meltdown on Twitter. I am. I am asking for a meltdown. <laughs> but you know what? what? You know what? I like Nat Phillips, so I, I might just be a masochist. I might just want the pain of Nat Phillips. And I, okay, hey, listen, I love Nat. Tom, Phillips. Do, you, do you just love pain? Like, yeah, I, I, I gathered yeah. that. I, I just love watching. You know what it was about Nat Phillips? It was I, the pure he, defensive, right? Pure. It wasn't even that. It, it was like remember how we used to do James Wall yellow card bingo. I just used to do. Nat Phillips head cut bingo because there was very rare, there was very few yeah. games where he left the pitch without one of them big massive bandages around yeah. his because he's or nothing someone trying to hit the ball. Yeah, it's it a picture him. of him and Reese Williams, isn't there? At the end of that season Mate. where they oh both got God. cuts on their face and ah, you thought you know, Reese Williams is a trigger word, isn't it? But um, that's uh, Stefan's put a good question in, and Tom, you're an avid FM uh, player, so I want to know if you know <laughs> the answer to this. Um, hi guys, can you explain more about the homegrown rule? What will happen if we can't have eight? So the homegrown rule is not you have to have this many homegrown players. It's you cannot have more than this many non-homegrown players. You are allowed 17 non-homegrown players. So for us, we have 15 now that McAllister's joined. You've got Adrian, Allison, Matip, Van Dijk, Robertson, Simicast, Canate, Thiago, Fabinho, um, you were better off naming the homegrown players. I know I was. I know I was. I, I'm, I'm most of the way through now. I've written this list down way too many times, so I can remember the majority of them. McAllister now, and then the, and then the um, the five attackers we've got left make it fifteen. Beyond that, we have a space for two more. But the likes of Seth Van Den Berg qualifies homegrown for the next season. Stefan Bajcic qualifies as homegrown for next season, even though he doesn't have to be registered because players under the age of twenty one don't have to be registered. They qualify for homegrown because they spent three years in the country. And someone else who will qualify as homegrown, as I found out two weeks ago, Romeo Lavia, because yep. he joined City in the summer of 2020. So in the summer of 2023, he becomes homegrown. So that makes him somewhat more appealing than Kone, which I think just, that the way... add I... him on top. We don't need to bring, just bring them all in. Mate, we're, not shopping, we're not shopping at Aldi, lad. Like, we're not just going, oh, go on, get that as well, mate. Yeah, go on, throw that in the bag. Nah, but it's, it's just Liverpool transfer, isn't it? Like, they definitely have looked into that. Like, like I say, Gravenberch, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have to be registered for the first season, no? Uh, Gravenberch wouldn't have to be, no. Neither would that, um, I can't say his name, Vega. 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 Now, I want to talk about this because Sentiment Salad Studios 
you know, we, we appreciate any comment we get, but I'm sorry, but this is Can I power. can I take that one? Can I take Mike, that one? If you agree with this, you're never coming back on this pod again. You'll be happy to know that I do not agree with it. <laughs> and I'm not just saying that because I'm not just saying that because I like to be on the pod. Right. Uh, the thing is, I'm sure the thing is, you might have meant this sincerely, right? Yeah. Or they might have meant this sincerely. So I will answer this sincerely. All right. Jewsbury Hall is a talented lower half Premier League midfielder. Leicester fans like him. I can see why they like him. If we were to sign him, I do not believe he would be what would be considered a successful signing that represents where we're trying to go. I think he'd be a good signing for a club coming up. I think there's potential there. But I don't think I've seen enough of him that suggests to me that he'd make a good impact on a top four club. That is the respectable answer that I don't think that you would have gotten from Tom. No, no, right. no. That's a great <laughs> Wasn't that Hall fellow the one who scored against us? Yes, on the field this it, season? Yeah, yeah. I, that's yeah. also a thing. Fuck that. No, <laughs> I don't want to play a score against us. We do too, that too is, many times. though, like, everybody was hyping up that goal for like, oh, look at this guy, Jewsby Hall. It's like, Tom, you could have done that, mate. Like, everyone just stood still. That. I was at the game. Oh, we no, passed honestly, like the Red I, Sea. Exactly. I was there it was a game. good goal, though, boys. Come on. Don't, listen, we can, we can always talk about how bad we were. Right? It was a good goal. All right? It uh, was. Tom Tom could have done that. Do you know what it was? It was like watching Luton. I don't know how much of Luton in the playoffs you watch, but it was like watching them. It was a long ball. I was going to say, I can count on one. They hand. won the first header. They won the second header. Goals. We missed the tackle. Henderson missed the field the tackle and Juicy Hall had the entirety of the defence to run through because everyone else had stepped up and was out of position. Yeah, but it was a good call. Like just let him have it. Like at the end of the day, yeah, we defended awfully, but it is what it is. But going no, back we've to had, it, yeah. we've had good goals scored on us. We uh, you know what as well? Well, because I know Solly March, that's another one whose name just sticks with me from this season. How we let him turn into prime iron Robin against us <laughs> for all of 20 minutes Guys, at the on, Amex. We have a happy stream. We've done all of this. We've spoken about this season. It's gone. We're talking about the future. Uh, right. Just before we do do that, I do need to bring up another harler from Yusuf. Yusuf, you've got to be trolling with this one. This guy was sent back from black. He wasn't good enough. They, you know what? Nah, we don't want him. So, come on, man. But um, thank you to Reese Williams for getting us into the Champions League, though. He made a huge contribution. I will be, listen, fam, I will be the conservative mediator. By the way, I say conservative in the meaning of the definition. Yeah, I'm a Labour supporter, to be very clear, <laughs> before anyone... Family are all from Liverpool, just to be clear. I shouldn't have used that word. Worry, we don't Tories on this <laughs> He's a fucking Tory. I'm not. <laughs> Get that clear. <laughs> you know what people are on Twitter? He used the word conservative. Oh, yeah, I, know what, like, I, I know, know what you meant. I know what you meant. You know what I remember? Um, Williams. I remember him, the, the vast differences he had in the old traffic games. He played in the FA Cup game, didn't he? And he yeah, got completely yeah. burnt for pace by Marcus Rashford. So in the second game, I've never seen a Liverpool defender under Klopp sit so deep. He was so deep against Marcus. Mm. In fact, it went down like we got the goal line clearance because our defenders were both behind Allison at one point. Yeah, on oh, the mate, line. I loved it. I loved it. Oi, yeah. genuinely, that game, mate, that game in a way, lad, I, I think it's one of the most iconic games because United fans going into that, Liverpool fans going into that thinking we were getting Oh, it was because they rested all the players against Leicester as well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they did. The and then before. Nat Phillips popped up with a goal, which I'm pretty sure Reese Williams was involved in. Reese Williams played, like, out of his skin. Like, mate, Nat Phillips played out of his skin. That running, lad, with those two playing centre-back, when Johan Kabak was here, and for some reason everyone on Twitter was like, lad, we should sign Johan Kabak. I didn't even get involved in that debate because, my God, it, it gave me a stroke. Like, I was fuming about even seeing that. But, mate, those two, lad. Mate, if we ever do, like, a little memory lane that, mate, get, lad, try and tell me that those two were not, right. like, iconic. Um, and to, they were something. Yeah. They did get done by Hal Robson Carnu 
six yeah. years removed no, from his heyday. I, I, I yeah, think he's, a, he's like... on the Euros, Al Robson Carney. World class, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> let's move on. Um, Footy Boy says we should go for Carl Wald. I'm just going to sum this up briefly. I don't want to go into this too much. Um, yeah, we should go for Carl Wald, but Chelsea are not going to sell him to us, are they? So that is a stumbling block with that one. Um, we are... Oh, yeah. Did you say Johan Kabak? Oh, God, yeah, I said Johan. Sorry, Yusuf, oh, you're right. It, I didn't even realise. that bad, he couldn't even remember his first name. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even realise. Uh, guys, <laughs> yeah, going to wrap bad. up because, I, you know, we, we need to close things up now. We've spoken about McAllister. We've spoken about the potential new signings. We've spoken about just about every other flipping thing we could speak about in 52 minutes. I don't know what's happened to this podcast, but it's been a good one. Um <laughs> I'm just going to finish up with asking you guys, right? I'm going to keep it realistic. Tom, you're not getting your four centre mids. I'm going to ask you, so you've got McAllister in. You've got three more signings to make. We're going to go round and we're all going to say who we want those three to be. So I will start with you, Tom, actually. Chat, you can give me yours as well. We'll get some on the screen. You've got three more signings to make. We've got McAllister, so you don't have to include him. Get me four centre mids. Right, if I can't get four centre mids, which... Is annoying. I'd go Manu Kone, I'd go Kevin Taram, and I'd go Gonzalo and Asiel from Sporting. I think he's a proper little centre back. Just hmm. say them again, sorry. Uh, Kevin Taram, Manu Kone, Gonzalo and Asiel. Perfect for me. Um, Tom, you might. Are you on celebrity shorts? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I'd probably agree with that. Um, and so does the Anfield talk. There we go. Uh, Mike, do you agree with that, or is there anything different? Please don't only change, only change. Don't worry, I'm not going to say like Jewsbury and all that. Don't worry, I'm not going to jump on that. Um, I will say I'll probably say Taram. I'd say Kone, but I'd say Van yeah. der Veen uh, over uh, the the Portuguese. Lad. Yeah, the reason I say Mickey Van der Veen is I just think he's more suited to potentially playing left back as well as left centre back. And I just think the way we are in transition, where we are now playing this sort of almost like three centre backs, I think it'd make more sense for us, and I do think it's more cost effective. I, th- I um, think you can find the difference between me and Mike. I'm very much the let's just go attack, attack, attack. You're sitting there going, I need to make sure we're defensively sound first before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, that's to be fair. That's where the debate comes. I quite enjoy the debate because I'm here talking about, yeah, well, McAllister, you know, it doesn't do. And you're like, yeah, mate, play him on the left, throw him on the right, and fucking go for it. Like I'm sitting there going, so Ram can go be Maurice James. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I fair. don't know what, what you do. What that? Um, ben, what's it's, yours? It's a My vision. one is probably it's a vision. It's a vision. I think my connection is just bugged up there. Um, my one is just the same as uh, Tom's, to be fair. I think that would be perfect. I am a bit sceptical. This isn't based on anything. I said this before as well. Whether we get to Ram and Kony, I don't know why I feel like this, but I just feel like uh, maybe it's just because as Liverpool fans, we don't usually get nice things. But <laughs> I just have this thing inside me where I don't think we'll get both. I could be completely wrong, and I hope we are complete. I am completely wrong. Because from what I've seen of both of them, I think they could both offer us something, you know, really good. Kone is more defensive. Taram, I, well, what I've seen of Taram, which is granted mainly just like little bits and pieces. I've not really sat down and watched him. He looks like a cheat code. This guy looks like he will get the ball. He'll dribble past the whole team. You know, he, he'll be really good attacking. But then in the next minute, he's defending. And I think that would be the perfect play for us. Kone, again, I've seen even less of. Uh, but Gabriel Vega is a name that keeps popping up on the old social media. So I, th- I think there's definitely something there as well. Um, but I guess we just have to wait and see, guys. And as soon as something else comes out in terms of a 
like a, a big development. We will be back. We're going to bring streams out for the whole summer. We might even get some games on the channel like drafts or something like that just to get a bit of fun going. You know, we don't want to just sit here talking about signings all day, which is good if they happen. But we want to want to mix it up, bring some more stuff to the to the channel. But um, before we go, make sure you smash the like button if you haven't already. I don't know what we're on, but I'm pretty sure we could get some more. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't. We have just hit 1,000 subs. I think we're closing in on 1.2k now. So keep going. We want to get to 2k as quick as we can. And um, guys, make sure that you have a, a great summer, whatever you're doing. You know, make sure you, you don't really think about the Reds too much because we all know the Reds is our life. You know, we, we've suffered this season, haven't we? So go out there with your family and your friends, have some fun. Um, if you're going on holiday, enjoy your time, safe travels, and uh, we'll be back to get into the Reds in no time at all. Oh, we'll probably cover preseason games as well, to be fair, like short, just like half an hour, maybe talking about our Liverpool have lost 3-0 to some second-tier German team. So <laughs> that's Who's Becky Stan? Who we got this year? Sandhausen. I can't wait for the annual KS, loss to it. KSC, is it? <laughs> K- do you say KFC? KSC. I think that's oh, their abbreviation. KFC. Well, you, Colonel Sanders has popped three past Allison. <laughs> it's an incredible first half. Let I'm me get it playing. It'll be Harvey Davis, we, Benetton. We've only announced two, haven't we? <laughs> no, I think we announced the German ones recently. Yeah, the two German ones. Carl's, Carl's are a CSC. No, because yeah, we've got KFC. two in Singapore as well. Like, yeah. at the end of the oh, month. Oh, yeah, of course we have, yeah. And we're trying to arrange one uh, literally like round the corner for just before the season kicks off as well. Yeah, because oh, that worked so well last season, didn't it? I thought perfect, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Only lost Canati for but three guys, months. We're wrapping up. Take care. Make sure you've got your notifs on for any Liverpool news and we'll see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs>